This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Delegation is key. It's, it's key to know when somebody on your team can take all or part of a project and when it needs to be completed only by yourself. So not only does that help you get many projects done, but it also broadens the experience of the team and it increases their own job satisfaction. And, and that's key to having a strong team is having a happy team. That's Cindy Mazzocchi. Senior Manager of Engineering Operations at Dr. First. Cindy's talking about finding the formula to growing successful and happy teams in your organization. We're going to hear more from Cindy in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Are you still asking your patients, how did you hear about us? Listen, there are better ways to track that. Your great reputation, fantastic website, and amazing advertising campaigns don't matter if they don't bring in new patients. If you're not collecting data on your marketing efforts, you're wasting your marketing spend. Visit get.socialclimb.com forward slash MGMA to learn how Social Climb's platform helps you get more patients with data-backed marketing that tracks patients from first touch to a scheduled visit and beyond. There's no need to ask, how did you hear about us? With Social Climb, you'll know. It's that time of year again. Registration for MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference. We'll pull out all the stops each year to put on the premier medical practice conference. Last year in San Diego, Leaders was a blast. It was nice to get back to in-person events, and I'm excited to attend again this year in Boston. The conference is this October 9th through the 12th, so register soon and don't miss this opportunity to learn and advance your career. Head to mgma.com forward slash events to learn more and to register today. Our guest today is Cindy Mazzocchi, Senior Manager of Engineering Operations at Dr. First. Cindy has decades of experience in leading teams at healthcare organizations and has earned her FACMPE. Cindy's here today to share highlights from her journey as a healthcare leader and to offer insights on resources and tools that she's leaned on during her career. Well, Cindy, thanks so much for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So 
looking over your uh, CV, so to speak, you are senior managing senior manager of engineering operations at Dr. First Inc. Yes. Give us an idea of who Dr. First is and really what your role is there. Of course, I'm happy to share that. So Dr. First is a health IT company that was founded about 20 years ago, and we started as an e-prescribing company. And then with the expertise that we've grown over the 20 years, we now offer a suite of solutions that help with medication management, care collaboration, secure messaging, and patient engagement that help people start and stay on their prescribed therapies. So our clients range from independent practitioners and pharmacists to large healthcare organizations. And with me, for me, with my extensive background in healthcare and specifically operations, my role here is to support our CTO, our chief technology officer, and our engineering department of about 150 team members as they create these applications that serve the healthcare community. So just like being an administrator, I get to wear many hats and I'm involved in various projects. Oh, that's great. That's great. So um, one of the things that we want to talk about today is, is really healthcare leadership. You and I, as so many people do these days, we hooked up, met initially on LinkedIn. Um, we were both responding to one of our peers, one of our colleagues here in the healthcare industry, earning their FACMPE and some other things. You and I got to know each other through LinkedIn there. So I want to know more about what you think about healthcare leadership and really what does successful leadership look like and what does it mean to you? Well, I find that successful leadership is really a learned and well-practiced skill. Most importantly, we must never forget humility because we're all human and we're all in varying degrees of our careers. So we're never better than anyone else. And we must practice kindness and patience. And to me, being successful in leadership means being able to help the team understand the common goal and to support each team member towards achieving that goal. And that can be a lot easier said than done, am I right? <laughs> so uh, for sure. <laughs> this is where the patience part really comes in. And the best leader that I've ever had the pleasure to know, um, she was very fair, but she pushed me hard and she pushed me to be my best. And I strive to behave the same way to those that I encounter throughout my career as well. Okay. So you used a word in there, kindness, which uh, yeah. I'm not sure if that got thrown around as much, maybe when you and I were both beginning our careers, but uh, you hear that a lot more in leadership now. What does kindness in regards to leadership mean to you? Well, to me, being kind is just kind of putting on the other person's shoes. And, and just, again, going back to being humble, because we're all in this together. And so we just have to be a little bit more patient, a little bit more understanding, especially during this the last couple of years of COVID. I mean, it's been tremendously difficult for everybody in healthcare. So we just need to be a little bit more patient, have a longer fuse, a little bit more kind, and just a little bit more accommodating. I agree with everything you just said, and uh, I appreciate that's music to my ears for sure. I love that uh, that sort of uh, metaphor of a longer fuse. So, <laughs> you know, just so we can, we were, uh, I was talking with some people at lunch today. I don't know if you know the author Mel Robbins, but she wrote a book uh, on the, uh, the five second rule. When something does 
knock up against us to just go take a step back and count off five, four, three, two, one, you know, just back off a little bit. She was one of our keynote speakers at MGMA's Leaders Conference in Boston back in 2018. I don't know if you were at that specific show, but uh, that really connected with us. And again, we were talking about that just at lunch. I don't know. what. Any thoughts on that? Just being able to step oh. back. It's that same philosophy where Absolutely. if you want to, you know, you write out that email, you want to just really give it to somebody. And then you just, you go, wait a minute, should I sleep on this thing before hitting send? Well, see, sometimes being a leader or being an administrator and that is, it's almost like, and I, I'm going to draw a parallel to being a parent. And sometimes you just have to take a breath, as you said, because the worst thing that I've found that I could do is react because reacting seldom gets the result that you want. And it generally will offend somebody or, you know, and that's the, the art of kindness, right? Just take a moment, take a breath, regroup yourself and think about what you're really trying to achieve. And then you can be a little bit more thoughtful and effective. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. So uh, I want to go back to LinkedIn again, not that I'm giving them a plug today, <laughs> but, you know, it's such a great way where we can interact with people in the business world and get to know people and uh, get to learn more about them, which I did you, with you. I went out there and was reading all of your experience. So I want to read some of this off. You have experience as a practice administrator on some, so many different levels, everything from compliance to facility management to healthcare IT to the rev cycle. And quite frankly, that's just naming a few of the things when I was digging out, digging around about you out there. So I want to know this because you were talking about kindness earlier and being able to keep your cool and everything, but how in the world were you able to wear so many hats and make that balance work for you? Well, I think it's lots of coffee, <laughs> but, <laughs> but seriously, the way to successful, like that successful uh, administrators are able to wear so many hats is to effectively delegate. And that just like leadership is a learned art, but Delegation is key. It's, it's key to know when somebody on your team can take all or part of a project and when it needs to be completed only by yourself. So not only does that help you get many projects done, but it also broadens the experience of the team and it increases their own job satisfaction. And, and that's key to having a strong team is having a happy team. Yeah. And you were talking about, uh, I believe you were mentioning it with your current organization, some of the lean principles. Is that something that you've dealt with? It seems like if you can get everything, those processes working, if you can mm -hmm. organize everything, build it all out, then when stuff does get thrown at you and you know how it is, no matter what walk of life we're in, things can get dicey at times. But if you do have everything kind of set up for you, it can make it more manageable, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, one of my key things that I do is, is I work to support the CTO. As you can imagine, he's a very busy person. So I'm working to help him keep his juggling balls in midair and not crashing down on everybody. Right. So let me ask you about this then. So when you take a, a leadership role at a healthcare organization, because you have been at different organizations at different levels, what are the questions that you're asking first when you get there? What is it that you're looking for when you're at that healthcare organization? Sure, thanks for asking that. My first question is to ask where the organization is wanting to go. 
what is their final destination? Because if we don't, if we don't know where they want to go, how do we know what we need to do? So from there, we go to where are they missing their goals and what are the pain points? Um, you know, assuming that I'm coming in, I'm new, so I don't know these things. Um, I also like to know, like, has the problem been diagnosed? Are they just experiencing the symptoms? And Sometimes I find it useful to draw parallels to medical terminology to help guide the executive leadership to fully identifying their issues. You know, the, the physicians that are in leadership, they generally did not go to school for leadership or for management. They went to school for being a medical doctor. So sometimes we have to, as administrators, we have to help guide them a little bit and do it delicately because these are also very highly intelligent people. So mm -hmm. with that being said, what I look for is how I can create a roadmap to serve or to solve the current problems and guide the organization back onto the right path to reach their goals. And I feel like that's how I can really bring value to and serve as a leader to that organization. What are the KPIs then? How do they help navigate for you? what needs to be done at that organization, whether you're six months into your stint there, a year in, what are you looking at and how does that really help you on your path to solving some of those pain points that you were talking about? Definitely. Well, key performance indicators are always a lot of fun. So um, this is, it's really going to, again, vary based on the current pain points of the organization. So finances are always important because money is what drives everything for us, right? So the first thing is I want to examine the fee schedule, the days and accounts receivable, the payer mix, and the overall expenses spend. Um, another important focus is the patient experience. How are the ratings in the satisfaction survey? We can't offer a service if the people that we're offering the service to are unhappy with what we're providing. And then also conversely, how satisfied are the providers and the teams? Like I mentioned previously, we want to have happy teams. Happy teams are successful teams. So where, you know, I, I'll look at where can the organization get a quick win with a deep impact? Because these quick wins can energize the team towards solving greater challenges. Mm -hmm. well, you were talking about happy teams, and that really gets at the heart of what culture is like in an organization. So I am curious if you have a case study or if you have just some anecdotes you could share with us about where you've seen some cultural transformation, where you've actually experienced some happy teams in yeah. your stint in your career. Oh. Definitely. Well, thanks for asking. So I do, I do have a little bit of a story that I can share with you. And, and this goes back several years um, when I was in the discipline of oral and maxillofacial surgery, which really crosses the fence between medical and dental domains. So at the time, and, and I mentioned that because it, it's kind of important, um, that electronic medical records were not required because again, it was kind of in that dental arena. But I could envision the improvements that we could realize by being an early adopter and ditching these paper records because nobody likes those. So I decided to blaze a trail and was able to get buy-in by the practice owners. From there, I designed and initiated an implementation plan. So the entire effort itself took a lot of meticulous planning and many months to implement across the practice. But and we definitely had bumps in the road, but in the end, we became fully computerized, so it was a success. And we were able to have patient demographics direct, directly populate into their profile, send and receive digital x-rays, computerized surgery stats like heart rate, O2 stat, SATs, 
induction drug amounts, recovery metrics and the like, and those type of critical things that are important for documentation purposes. And as you can imagine, besides eliminating all of the paper in our office, it also streamlined our claim submission as everything was available at the click of a mouse. So our finances never looked better. And we were e able from that point even to convert office space reserved for charts into functional space for our patients. So during this practice, I saw my team transform right before my eyes. They were kind of in their old habits of everything on paper, searching for charts and faxing and copying and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. But then they learned new and better ways of doing things. And they were really excited. And so that was fun. But I have to say part of it too, and not to pat myself on the back too much, but I think with something like this, you really have to take a tremendous amount of planning. And I was not shy in being very detailed in my plans. So through the end of it, it was refreshing because it not only made us more efficient, but it gave us more time back that we could invest into our patient experience. So it was a huge win for the practice all around. Yeah, that is a wonderful story, but I, I do want to uh, disagree with you on one thing. You said don't, you don't want to pat yourself on the back too much, but what I want to do is take a minute to talk about taking a bow, taking a, giving yourself a pat on the back, because as you've pointed out, there are true pain points. We all know this in healthcare. Things are difficult, and it's good to be humble, but at the same time, it's good to celebrate wins, and so what are your thoughts on that as far as celebrating wins when, you know, and not, not so much where you're having to, you know, take all the credit yourself, but we know when things go well for yourself, take a minute out, take a victory lap, do whatever you've got to do and, and really enjoy that victory, enjoy that win. Well, I definitely felt like I birthed a child through this whole process. Because, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was my baby. And yeah. so, I mean, it was very exciting. And my my practice owners, of course, were elated once they were seeing the results. And really, this kind of goes back, as you were saying, you know, about humility, too. But I made it a team win. Yes, right. I was the leader, but that was my role. But so it, it, because I could not have done it all by myself. I needed the team. So I think what I, I and it's again a couple years ago, but I might have celebrated them by, you know, picking one day and giving one team member flowers or chocolates or a treat and then having lunch and, and just really celebrating together as a team our accomplishment. That's wonderful. So I want to celebrate another win for you um, in your career. Uh, you earned something that's really one of those pinnacles in healthcare leadership. You earned your FACMPE. Uh, congratulations on that. Tell us a little bit about that experience and provide any advice you can give because so many of our listeners are healthcare leaders as well. They may already have that FACMPE. They may be thinking about it. So just give us an idea of what your decision-making was like to get there and then what that experience was like as well. Of course, definitely. So for several years, I had admired other colleagues who had already devoted them to earn their fellowship. And I really looked up to them as the leaders of the elite group. So I decided I wanted to be among that elite group and to, de uh, to demonstrate my own commitment to healthcare. 
So um, the first step I had to do was to take my CMPE exam, which was a written exam over the course of several hours. So it was a little nerve wracking, um, but I had to go through that. And after I was able to pass that on my first try, which I was very excited, um, that, that was a lot of studying, a lot of flashcards, a lot of late nights practicing because you can't do it during the day when you're working. Um, I was assigned to a fellowship mentor and she was instrumental towards keeping me on track for my fellowship. And I highly recommend anybody who does this to go ahead and take up MGMA and get a mentor because these are people who know the process, they've been through the process, they've helped other people. And my, my mentor was just so valuable to me. So from there, I completed lots of research on my topic, which was how saying I am sorry in response to medical errors had no significant negative financial impact on malpractice awards. So it was very provocative because as you know, malpractice is like the dirty little secret that we don't talk about in healthcare. So I just decided to grab the bull by the horns and do it, right? So I think, you know, preparing for your fellowship, it's serious work and it takes a lot of effort, but it's so totally worth it. Just like I was mentioning earlier about my implementation plan going to electronic charts, this was still a process. I had to have meticulous planning. I had to have an outline. I had to have a a goal in mind of like when I would have it done and it, it's okay. It takes months. So don't think it's something that you can do in a week and that's okay. Just plan it, do it and just go for it. So, you know, after I did all this, I finally received notification. Um, well, let me go back. I, I, I completed my paper and then it was reviewed and revised and submitted. And I well, I waited for what like, felt like forever because you know, you're just like, you wanna know how you did after all of this work. Um, and then I finally received the notification that I had reached my goal and I had earned my fellowship. And I was really proud and I am proud and I will pat myself on the back for this one that I was the seventh fellow in the state of Maryland. So I was really in that group of elite people that I had yearned to be. That is a wonderful story. What a great success story. And and again, I'm so glad you did take credit and you are patting yourself yes. on the back for that one because you climbed a mountain there and you know that you did. And so it's okay. And I know that's there's that fine line about being uh, a, a leader who takes all the credit for the team and then a humble leader. And there is that middle ground where man, when you, when you do something pretty awesome, it's okay to yeah. uh, get on the mountaintop and shout about it too, you know, yeah. plant that flag and, and let your peers know about it. Cause you know, the hard work you did there. So Cindy, yeah. I want to say as a, as a final thought, then do you have any resources? Do you have any tools? Do you have any advice, anything that you want to share with our listeners who might want to know more about leadership, about leading teams, about lifelong learning, anywhere you want to go. This is your this is your floor here to just share with us some final thoughts. Well, of course, MGMA sponsored events and publications are very valuable. And besides that, I also find an important resource is to be engaged with other colleagues. An administrator role can be really lonely. Um, and it, it, it's helpful to find and know others that can understand your experience. Most areas have local medical societies as well as state level MGMA, and those could be a great resource to helping you find colleagues that are within your community that can help be your support network. Okay, well, Cindy Mazoki, I want to thank you for joining the MGMA Insights podcast today and for sharing these insights with us. 
Well, thank you so very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Cindy Mazzocchi, FACMPE and Senior Manager of Engineering Operations at Dr. First. We also want to thank Social Climb and MGMA Events for sponsoring this week's show. If you're not collecting data on your marketing efforts, you're wasting your marketing spend. Visit get.socialclimb.com forward slash MGMA to learn how Social Climb's platform helps you get more patients with data-backed marketing that tracks patients from first touch to a scheduled visit and beyond. Registration for MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference is now open. Last year in San Diego, Leaders was a blast. It was nice to get back to in-person events, so I'm excited to attend again this year in Boston. The conference is this October 9th through the 12th, so register soon and don't miss this opportunity to learn and advance your career. Head to mgma.com forward slash events to learn more and register today. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us, for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership. Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances in operations. Again, visit mgma.com slash analytics today.